What up, Snapback fam? Welcome back to another episode of the Snapback Sports Pod. On this episode, Abe and I break down the NBA trade deadline. Kyle Lowry, Lonzo Ball, Danny Ainge, Victor Oladipo, Malcolm Brogdon, Aldridge, DeRozan. All those players are up in the air. Where will they end up? Obviously, Danny Ainge not being traded, but will he make a gaffe like he always does? Flacco is elite. He's headed to Philly. Obviously, we talk about that. And then March Madness continues. We rank the three players we're most excited to see this weekend and into Monday and Tuesday. And then a people's parlay. And then we finally get a minute from our boy, Eagleson. Snapback fam, new app. The Baltimore Ravens select Lamar Jackson. I'm a Raven. He's on. All year. Every year. Jackson takes it himself. Oh! He broke his ankles! What up, Snapback fam? I'm your host, Jack Settleman. Joining me today, and as always, my co-host, Abe Granoff. Abe, I left out that you're my longtime best friend. But what is on your mind today? Wow. Wow. I did not expect that. Trouble in paradise, some might say. People think it's all glitz and glamour behind the microphone, but you left that out today? I don't know what that says, but uh, I mean, while you, while you intro with a little bit of depressing intro, because you didn't call me your best friend, I have a little bit of... Uh, depressing stuff on my mind i think the internet's gone too far finally um we talked about it a few weeks ago with the myers leonard situation how we hate cancel culture and rather we would like people educated well the internet's trying to cancel something and i'm not saying someone but something that i was under the impression was maybe the most uncancelable i don't even know if that's a word thing in the entire universe and i'm here to put my foot down we will not, we will not stand, and we will not cancel Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Just because there's a little shrimp tail in your cereal, boo-hoo. We will not cancel the one thing that universally brings everybody on planet Earth joy, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And since the news came out that one person found a shrimp tail in their, in their cereal, everyone's like, I don't know if I can look at another cinnamon toast crunch box again that's ridiculous that is absolutely ridiculous if that shrimp tail was in my box of cinnamon toast crunch heck i'd be honored i would eat it with pride you think they always put those little toys in people's uh people's um cereal boxes when i was growing up i don't know if they still do that anymore where do you think those came from you think those were the most sanitary things in the entire world no it's a little shrimp tail all right it's something that that is natural on this earth. In an, in a in cinnamon toast crunch, the uni- most universally loved cereal. So don't don't try and cancel cinnamon toast crunch because of this. Because I will not be having any of it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go out tomorrow, and in spite of those trying to cancel cinnamon toast crunch, I'm going to buy as many boxes as I can. That's how strongly I feel. That was a rant, and you know what? I'm here for it because this is this. I agree with you. It has gone way too far. It's a known thing. We agreed with our boy D. White. This is the number one cereal ever. You don't cancel <laughs> Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And how many boxes of lovely Cinnamon Toast Crunch have been crunch, Cinnamon Toast Crunch tongue twister apparently have been sold in perpetuity? A lot, millions, I dare say. And you get one shrimp tail in one box. 
we're just not doing Dude. this. We're not. Do you want to do? If you want to talk, cry me a river of the week. I mean, yeah, I didn't even think about it like that from an efficiency standpoint. If anything, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Crunch, it's a tongue twister, should be commended for this, for their track record of not shrimp tails in their cereal. One in multi-millions, maybe even billions boxes of cereal. That's a pretty good track record. Let me put it this way, snapback fam. If you had a free throw shooter on your NBA team who always shot the technical free throw, and he shot 999,999, out of a million, you you probably wouldn't be that mad about the one shot that he missed, right? I would agree. So don't be mad. So don't be mad about the one shrimp tail you found in your box of cereal. That's ridiculous. it. Ridiculous. Well, if we're gonna cancel, if we're not canceling CTC, we can try and cancel Danny Ainge, who yet again is in the news. And fam, we're about to talk all NBA trade deadline. But what better way? to start off with our cap of the week, our cap of the year, our, our GM cap, then our boy Danny Ainge. Abe, what's going on with this guy? Danny, Danny, my friend, is the cap king. He, uh, I, We hinted at it in our bold predictions when the second half of the NBA season was started. I, I said that Danny Ainge would finally do something that Twitter said he was going to do. And what did I mean by that? I mean by... Every year around the trade deadline, during free agency, this, that, when big names become available, when guys force their way out of, of smaller markets and they want to go to a big market, it feels to me that the Boston Celtics are always linked to some of those names. And it's always, and even after they don't end up on the Celtics, a report comes out like three weeks later, it happened with James Harden, where you find out from some random beat reporter that Danny Ainge just gave 20 bucks to tweet to, um, said... The Boston Celtics were closer than you think, or the Boston Celtics are close. Well, a few nights ago, I was scrolling on Twitter late night, and I saw that the Boston Celtics were close to a deal with Orlando for Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier. Since then, obviously, no deal has been made, and quite the opposite has happened, meaning that Aaron Gordon has since rescinded or what Woj had given second thoughts to his trade request. Um, so now it looks like I don't see many names linked to Boston for 4 p.m. tomorrow when the trade deadline hits. Um, but it's just Danny being Danny, putting putting names out there onto Twitter that he's linked to and always coming up empty-handed. It's happened every single time, and I don't understand why I was dumb enough to think that it would change this time because, after all, time is just a flat circle. And that's yeah. what it is with Danny Even Ainge. Even Celtics fans are starting to get after him, and I think – Time has finally come because the play, the performance on the court, right? When you go to a conference finals, it can kind of cover for that. When Jason Tatum's still young, it can kind of cover for that. And you made that draft pick. You didn't get buffed into Markel Fultz. And, but it, it's been a few years now. And just what have you done with all those assets? I mean, how many assets can you, can you take to the grave? It's getting ridiculous. So Danny Ainge. Pull off a trade tomorrow, right? Be our guy. Be our guy. I mean, guy. whoa, 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 whoa. Don't, don't encourage him to do a good trade, all right? <laughs> We're still Sixers and Knicks fans here vying for playoff spots in the Eastern Conference. I'm trying to win a championship. You're trying to get to the second round, so... I'm, we're, we're still rooting for Danny Ainge to be Danny Ainge from a comedic standpoint and from a basketball standpoint, but um, it just seems like we're going in a circle with Danny Ainge. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. More importantly, let's start at the top. Kyle Lowry, big booty Kyle, 
Uh, a shake piece, that ass and shake that ass and ring that bell, Kyle. A piece that um, you know was would definitely make things interesting in the Eastern Conference. Should he go to Miami? Should he go to Philly? But also got floated out today that Kyle Lowry to the Lakers is not out of the question. Talk to me about what's going on in L.A. first before we obviously round this back to Philly. I just don't understand how much help does LeBron James need. I say that completely kidding. I'm actually trying to figure out, and I think you'll be able to give good insight, what is like the situation in L.A.? At full strength, do they have confidence they're good enough to go and make a title run? Like, do they need to what, – what piece could they so, even bring in? Like, to me, Kyle Lowry doesn't – really fit a need for I them? feel like I feel like this question has kind of always been in the in the in the in the news ever since LeBron and AD teamed up because today's NBA it's it's everyone kind of it's always the big three right it's like you can have your two guys but there's always a way no one really knows how the salary cap works it's kind of fake in that regard but there's always a chance for a big three so it's like who will join LeBron and AD like you saw um, jersey swaps and photoshops of Bradley Beal, this, that. I was reading on Twitter, and I don't know how much interest the um, Lakers truly have in Kyle Lowry or what it would take to get done, but I was reading that this could all be a little bit more cap in regards to getting leverage with Dennis Schroeder on a deal in this offseason because he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. So if you bring in a guy like Kyle Lowry – and chances are, 35-year-old Kyle Lowry isn't going to warrant as much money as a younger Dennis Schroeder at this point in his career on a, on a new contract, especially the way Dennis Schroeder is playing this week. So I don't think um, where there's smoke, there's fire in regard to this Kyle Lowry news in the Lakers. But, I mean, how could you hate it? How could you hate it? If, if you're rooting for the Lakers and you're a Lakers fan, how could you not want that? You know what I mean? I, Obviously, I, LeBron... No, I genuinely don't get what the move does. Like, LeBron is so ball-dominant that what does Kyle Lowry feel? Like, he's not an elite shooter by any stretch. He's not, like, a defensive superstar. Of course, he takes all those charges and he's a great defensive player. But, like, you have Schroeder. Would you move Schroeder in this instance? That's where I don't understand. Like, between LeBron and Schroeder, does Schroeder then go to the bench, and then it's a bench unit of Schroeder, Kuzma, Montrez, and then that, I mean, that's terrible to me defensively. That gets played off the floor in, in an NBA playoffs. That's why I don't, like, I like Kyle Lowry as a player. I see him as a great fit in Philadelphia because Ben can play off the ball and he adds shooting to the, but I don't get it in LA. So that's what I was just trying to figure out. It's like, why the move? Not like, I, I, not I feel like three. any, any time you can have, it is, it is when it comes down to in the playoffs, I feel like around this trade deadline, it's always looking for who the, the guy, the teams at the top, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Sixers, the Bucks, the Nets. Um, they're always looking for who can, who can take them over that level? And usually it's championship-level players. You see last year the Heat, albeit did it really make a difference or not? I don't know, but they went out. They got a guy like Andre Iguodala who has championship experience. That's my point, who's been there though. Before. But, but, Abe, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like you knew Iguodala's role there. I don't see how Kyle Lowry fits in in the slightest. Like I, I'm just going to say I, I don't think that move happens because I genuinely don't think it makes sense. But what I'm curious about is for someone who maybe follows the Lakers a little closer is like, what is L.A. missing? Or do they just need their two guys to be healthy? Do they feel confident that they can win a seven-game series against every team in the league? I feel like that conversation is not being had enough because I think the Lakers. it was, you know, the champs just got better. 
now I'm starting to question if, if everyone still feels that way. I think the Lakers, and especially if you look at them going up in the series against, obviously I don't believe this that's going to happen, but for instance, say they go up against a team like Brooklyn in the finals, where they're going up against Kyrie, Harding, Kevin Durant. Like Last year, the Lakers crawled to an NBA championship with their third scoring option, the NBA finals being Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Like, I understand you struck lightning in a bottle with that, and it worked, but you can't rely on some of these guys that the Lakers have to be that consistent scorer in a high-pressure game, Schroeder? whereas I think that you can do that. Like, Schroeder and Montrez? I, yeah, I know, but my point is, is like, I mean, you saw Montrez in the playoffs last year. Yeah, it's you like can't he's play almost, I get that. No, I, I get that. But like, but then you get a guy like Kyle who's done it in the playoffs, who can do it on both ends of the floor. I just think it... It, uh, listen, you're not gonna if you're the Lakers, you're not gonna break the bank and shake up your entire roster just to go get a 35 year old Kyle Lowry. But to say that a guy who's a two way player who has championship experience couldn't play well alongside AD and LeBron and really give that team a boost, I think is foolish. I think I think he can play well. I'm not saying that. I just don't get what position he plays. And I know people will be like basketball's positionless, but like. Where is he on the floor? Does he become a spot-up shooter? Like, is he a bench point guard? Is he for when LeBron goes off the floor, he replaces some of those minutes? And then in closing time, he's just really defensive player. Like, I just don't see it. So we'll move on from it's, Kyle it's definitely It's definitely that. confusing to me, and that's why I don't think it's going to happen. Now, He's obvi- it's obviously a two-way race, it seems, between the Sixers and the Heat. <sighs> I really want him. I, I mean, really, really do. If, if before we even touch that, if we're going to talk about Lowry going out west, the other team in LA, it makes a thousand percent sense for right, right? like right. But they're actually, the team that doesn't have any assets because they gave them all to Oklahoma City, right? And the Lakers have what assets? Because didn't they give them all to New Orleans? Uh, I think they have some picks because they gave them. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't okay. know. They, you, all right, you, so you can fake someone into liking Coos. You know what yeah, I mean? He's yeah. still at that level of his career where someone who's like a, a fake franchise, right? Obviously, the Raptors aren't really a fake franchise. Maybe they will be after they kind of get rid of this, like, Lowry. They got rid of DeRozan, Siakam, who knows? But a fake franchise is a franchise that would look at Kyle Kuzma and say, hmm, maybe. Okay, so so now tell me about why Kyle Lowry to the Sixers makes everything happen. I mean... You put him in a pick-and-roll with Ben. You put him in a pick-and-roll with Joel. He's from Philadelphia. He can shoot the ball. He he gives you a better option to defend other other teams' guards. Right now you have your backcourts, Danny Green and Seth Curry, and that's it's sufficient, but Kyle Lowry in terms of defensive is, is a huge upgrade over that. Um, the championship experience, it just it gives the Sixers that extra push to compete against Brooklyn. In this, in that sense, and you roll out a lineup of Kyle Lowry, Danny Green would go to Toronto just to make the money work. Kyle Lowry, Seth Curry, Tobias, Ben, and Joel. I mean, Brooklyn. Let's check Rock. I don't. Still, I don't. No, I really do. I mean it without Kyle Lowry, but I don't. I don't see the Sixers getting him. It seems to me, and after all reports came out after the Harden fiasco that Daryl Morey's very hesitant to part ways with Tyrese Maxey and or Matisse. Um, now, people are in Philadelphia now are debating, like, you have these two young good players, who would you want to give up first? And the overwhelming 
conclusion is that Tyrese Maxey as a 20 year old probably has the most long-term potential, but Tyrese Maxey has been in and out of the rotation this year based off other people getting hurt. If this Kyle Lowry move for the Philadelphia 76ers is a win now move, Matisse is going to be in the playoff rotation. He's going to be in high leverage defensive situations guarding NBA superstars because that's what he can do. If you're making this move for Kyle Lowry, you're essentially giving the Sixers a two-and-a-half-year window, let's say the rest of this season, next season, and maybe the following season, to get it done with their core, with Ben, Joel, Kyle, and Tobias. Now, Tyrese Maxey can improve there, but like, if you really are going for it, you want to build a team that can help you win right now. Because I, people always say, you're giving up too much of your future assets, this, that. I don't future assets mean literally nothing if you can get a championship. It, it's it, it it's not worth it. It, it doesn't matter. Ask if the you're Lakers fans the how much they care about Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and any pick Jordan for the next Clarkson. decade. They don't care because they got the ring, and that's what it took for Anthony Davis. So I am team go for it without a doubt. Also, let's just be honest. The chances that Kyle, uh, that sorry, that Tyrese Maxey or Matisse Thybulle turn into a player that you have so much regret over are very, very low, and that has nothing to do with them as right. players. That just has to do with numbers, statistics, and the odds that these guys are going to pan out to be NBA superstars. So I agree, they got to go for it. This is why you got Daryl Morey, right? Not to bring in Dwight Howard, not to bring in Seth Curry, not to get rid of Al Horford, which is definitely part of what he's done, which has been great. It's to make this splash at the deadline and to go and get the guy that can do it he did it in houston and every time he made those different moves he would reshuffle the deck the next year if that's what he felt needed to be done the salary cap's fake the assets are fake you always got more <laughs> picks like you just got to go for it so I let me ask it. you a question let me ask you a question if the sixers this time tomorrow when this episode comes out acquire kyle lowry and have that starting five that i said and let's say it only costs Danny Green, Mike Scott, Maxi, and a first or who, whatever. Mm-hmm. Does it give you any more confidence, interest, anything in regards to them competing against Brooklyn? If Brooklyn does it is, do any? Does it do if, anything? No, if, I'm talking Brooklyn fully healthy. Blake, yeah, that's Bat, what I was about Blake, to say. Harden. If you can turn injuries off, we turn this into a game of 2K and tell me Brooklyn will be healthy, which look, it's fair concern that Kyrie, who's been all over the place and Katie, who's been nursing this hamstring for a little longer than I think people want to see. I get the injury concerns. That's totally fair. But if you told me all three of those guys are healthy, it's in five games and I don't really care who you get. Oladipo, Lowry, you can get fucking both of them. It doesn't matter to me. We're talking about Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. And let's not, like, I know the defense was shaky in the first half of the season, and it's definitely not a top unit in the league. And It's actually, it's actually a bottom four unit. Yeah, that's, that's, all, that's all good and fine. But let's not act like the guys who are, who are complimenting them, Jeff Green, Joe Harris, Shamit, uh, Claxton's playing amazing. Like, let's not act like these guys are some scrubs and it's just these three with some with some JCC players. Like, they have competent players. Now, the you, one We counter, haven't even named Blake Griffin. Yeah, exactly. The one competent 
answer or rebuttal would be that the top offenses in the league tend to not win the title. And there's a stat for everything, and you can spin it in whatever way. My guess, yeah, no, and the a bottom. Here's another one for you before you continue. A bottom four team defensive team in the NBA has never even reached the NBA finals. Exactly. Something and like- and look, here's the thing. There's still 30 games left, and Kevin Durant not being on the floor definitely impacts their defensive numbers because he's a fantastic defender. And James Harden has been playing incredible defensively. Kyrie's a bit of a liability. I think they found a little something out of Claxton. Um, But, yeah, in the Eastern Conference, like you said, no one can contain Joel Embiid. No one can contain – well, that's pretty much it on the Sixers. I feel Tobias Harris. I feel confident that Tobias will get his, but it's not one of those where he's dropping 40 – you cannot. Can I get a? Can I get like a small apology to no, Tobias Harris no, out of you? No. Why? Because he's averaging twenty three points a game, Abe. I, I, it's incredible how efficient he is this season. But this Jack, is still, he's playing at a, He's playing at an all NBA level. All NBA? What, bro? You sound you're, like you're. Oh, oh no, you're no, a casual, no, no. dude. Here, dude, right, you're doing nah. your best. Tell me you're a casual NBA fan no, without no, telling no, me. You're no, a you're actually NBA doing fan. the best hypocritical he, stuff you've ever done because. It, Abe, we talk about this all the time. We throw out the word superstar and we say, be careful how you use that word. And, we're, and by saying he's all NBA, you're telling me he's a top 15 player in the league this season. And you know for a fact that is not factual. That is incorrect. In terms of his, that, nope. with his numbers. Nope. No, with his numbers, nope. with the Sixers' success, and with, right. his defensive, with his defensive ability, that's what you don't even know about because you are a casual. Tobias Harris is playing at an all NBA level this year. I mean, the guy is you're averaging. Lot, bet me, bet me. Bet me. Oh, I'm not saying he's going to get on there. I'm saying he's playing at an all-NBA level. You're out of your mind to even come in. Dude, he wasn't named to the All-Star game, which is is how many players? 28 players? 24 players? And I know he was close, okay, but he would have to get into the top 15 players. He's not playing at an all-NBA level. And that doesn't mean he's not having a great season and is living up to his contract. But he's not an all-NBA player this year. It's just blasphemous to even say he is. Casual. Casual. And you know it. Casual. You can't deny that. Deny that right now. Denied. 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 You're a casual. What position does he play at? You just said it. The NBA doesn't play forward. He's a forward. Okay. So let's see if we can name six guards real quick. So Dame Lillard. Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, there's four, James Harden, and I'm sure we can – Donovan Mitchell probably Whatever. get in over him. Forwards, tell me, tell me who he's better than here. Embiid, Giannis. Embiid's a center. Embiid's a center. No, but it's forwards and – it's forwards and – I thought they do 2-2-1. Two, two, okay, no? all right. Embiid, Giannis, Jokic, Kawhi. Zion. You're naming like seven centers. Zion. LeBron. This season he's playing more better than Zion. Oh, my God. You got to relax. Okay. All right. We'll move on from that because you're just making <laughs> shit up. Um, you're Lon- casual. Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball, if we want to really get into it. What do you think about Lonzo as a player? Not in regards to the Knicks, but just in general. And then these rumors that are oh, coming I kinda, I kind of want him on the Sixers if we can't get Kyle Lowry. I mean, like, he's shooting – he's like – Lonzo Ball's shooting um, improvement is like one of the most under least talked about things in the NBA this season. I mean, he's shooting around eight. I don't know exactly his percentage, but he's shooting around very efficiently. I know he's shooting better than Tyler Hero from three. He's shooting thir- 39% from three on close to eight attempts a game. This is a guy that um, came out of college and everyone was trying to fix his shooting stroke, and they did. 
and everyone's like, he's not going to do it if he can't shoot. The Ben Simmons ordeal, right? Yep. And Lonzo Ball is shooting 7.8 threes and shooting 39% from three. That's pretty damn good. You combine that with his defensive awareness. Magic Johnson said he has the best, most smartest IQ out of any point guard in the NBA, which let's pump it here, Magic. Um, but I think Lonzo Ball can help any team. He can help the Sixers off the bench. He can help the Knicks for sure. I don't but think he's where a he bench should. Player. I don't think he's a bench player at this point in his career. I think it, depend, it depends where he goes. It depends where he goes. But, I like, just, the three most interesting places for him to go, I don't want to see him go to Chicago and be wasted in part of that in part of that core of that fake franchise that people have been talking about for the last – when did Jordan retire? Um, but the Knicks, the Sixers, and the Clippers, the Clippers especially, I think are very interesting because the talk around them is always – they need a point guard. They need a point guard because everyone on planet Earth knows Pat Beverly sucks at basketball. <laughs> Lonzo Ball handling that ball in the playoffs for the Clippers when he's not going to be the one looking for a shot necessarily, he can create so many open looks for Kawhi and Paul George that I think it is an, a no-brainer to try and get Lonzo in L.A. on the Clippers. Yeah, I feel like we're missing something because for the price tag that it's going to take to get him, which doesn't, it's not going to be easy. It's not a second-rounder. But a first, a late first, and a and a salary dump like this seems like a no, dude. That's the exact opposite. Someone, a team might be granted Lonzo Ball, like the right. Knicks, exactly. Right. If they're willing to take on an Eric Bledsoe or someone floated the name Stephen Adams out there, dude. Stephen Adams got traded to New Orleans and they extended to him without him even playing. They knew they had Zion, and they gave Steven Adams an extension. Like, what are you doing? So Lonzo could actually come to a team like the Knicks, not like the Lakers, I mean the Clippers or the Sixers, to a team like the Knicks who has all this money, who, who is a young and promising team that can afford to take on a, a bad contract in Eric Bledsoe. Lonzo could actually come as like a, a gift to them for taking on Eric Bledsoe. I saw that. I actually wasn't that intrigued by that. I'd rather give up a, a couple assets to get Lonzo than have to take on, like, I don't know. I just don't want to be stuck in a situation where they're covering up young players, they're taking up cap, because it's a couple years left on their deal, which just didn't interest me as much. But, yeah, I feel like the Clippers is must-go for, or the Heat, like, because even if he's not the primary ball scorer, which he will not be, he can sit on the wing and hit threes at 39%. That's an incredible player to have on your team. Let's run through rapid fire real quick. Uh, Victor Oladipo, see him going anywhere? Yeah, I think it could be anywhere in the league, honestly. I, I mean, I'm very, very bearish on Victor Oladipo. It's just like his injuries are always in question, and then his play has been in question this year. I just... Listen, Oladipo was such a young and upcoming player, obviously got screwed with a, a, a lot of injuries. It's just at what point do we need to take a step back and not consider him the way that we did a few years ago? Now, he could come back and totally be like an all-star caliber player and a, a great contribution to a team that can make a deep playoff run. It's just right now, what what did the Houston Rockets do? How ignorant is Tillman Fertitta? at the fact that he made that deal to give up James Harden, but wouldn't take Ben Simmons and Matisse Thybul. It doesn't make sense. What did he do with that James Harden deal? They botched it so hard. The Houston Rockets are an embarrassment. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you, but 
The thing is, once again, like once they got Ben, what were they doing with it? Ben Simmons cannot win games by himself. Like it's it's not possible given his play style. No, I mean, I mean well, I mean nobody in the NBA can win games by themselves. That's not true. I mean, there's definitely who can, huh? Who can? LeBron. Who can James, do it by themselves? Anthony Davis. I'm not saying one on five. I'm saying Ben's play. What style. did Anthony Davis? What did Anthony Davis do by himself he in New him, Orleans? He took him to the playoffs. He was a, he was a really fantastic player that gave. Them I mean, more. look at how the Sixers are playing without I'm, Joel right now. Dude, I'm Simmons not saying win a ring. I'm not saying win a ring. But you can't be naive to the fact if Ben Simmons was on that roster. He does absolutely nothing for them. No, no, like, I just think I and, just think you're wrong gets, to say that Ben Simmons can't take a team to the playoffs as the best player on the team. He can't. You think he can? That's that is that, that's wild. Oh, that's you're absolutely wild. egregious and ridiculous. But um, <laughs> point being that they didn't really have an option, and it's yeah. I mean, you were never the getting that deal on done. Ben Simmons. Is uh, I think Oladipo can end up yeah, like you said, anywhere. He'll probably get shipped off to like Chicago. They'll take a shot on him or. Uh, can we just acknowledge that Minnesota is the biggest joke of a franchise ever? I don't want to go further. I just need to acknowledge that. What about Malcolm Brogdon? We can, what about we can, Marcus Aldridge? I think, sta- I, think, I, think, I think Brogdon stays put. I think Aldridge goes to my, gets bought out and goes to Miami. Um, what other names are out there? DeMar DeRozan is the last name we have on the list. I think, I think he'll stay too, and he'll just test free agency at the end of the year. I'm kind of with you there. The funniest part about Aldridge is people said, you know, he got he was done, and then you didn't hear about it for like three weeks, and it was like, wait, was he done? Was he gone? What's what's his deal? Oh yeah, someone didn't that happen when we were recording? Yeah, yeah, that's weird. I don't know. Has he been playing for them? I guess not. Uh, I don't think so. I would assume he is not. Let's talk about oh, wait, one I went last to, thing, and then we'll I get went to, to the, the Sixers Spurs game, and he didn't play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's. Not NBA, but it's football related. It's Joe Flacco is headed. I mean, he, he, the, the point about Joe Flacco. I mean, he's always been an elite quarterback. There's no. He doubt literally his entire career has always been an elite quarterback. I mean, I don't. And think I think I've. I think I've been. That. No, I've been on that that wave for for years now. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, he's been Tough. elite. I genuinely believe there's like a. I would call it a fifty-fifty shot. He's starting by the bye. There is a 50-50 shot, Joe Flacco. Because of injury or talent? Either. I'm just saying, I think 50% that Joe don't you Flacco, dare! Don't you dare even predict injury. I'm not. Injury. I'm not. I'm just saying there's a lot of fa- – there's COVID still up in the air. There, you know, there's a million things going on in the world. Like you say, you could get a fishtail and his cinnamon toast crunch. Who knows? But I think there's Which he would be lucky. He would be lucky. 50-50 chance Joe Flacco suits up and starts for Philly by the bye week, whenever that may fall for you guys. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, so at first I liked it because it was just like funny, right? The the Eagles signed Joe Flacco, Jack's gonna be mad, this, that. And then I saw what we paid him. Um more money than the Bills paid Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> more money that more money than he made last year on the Jets, where he went 0 4 as a starter, completed fifty something percent of his passes, and just didn't look like an NFL quarterback. I mean, for three quarters uh, against the Patriots, no quarterback looked better right. on so, the football. So my my thoughts are it's funny, which is how I like to look at it, because I'm getting back into the Eagles, and I slowly probably will before the season begins. But like I said, I'm so out on them that like nothing can really phase me. So I didn't really care about the money. The only the only true reason I was upset that we signed him, forget the money, 
is because it puts a, a puts a knife in the in the Nick Foles potential return. That mm. was the only possible reason, and there were rumors that he was going to renegotiate with the Bears so they could trade him, and the this Eagles would be interested. Before I die, I just need one to see one more game with Nick Foles in green. That's it. And I thought it actually had a chance this year, but we're going to have to wait till next because uh, there's a different Super Bowl MVP in town. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Joe Flacco is elite, and it will be interesting if he does end up starting at any point for you guys where my heart lies. You know, the head says I don't really care if Joe suits up. Uh, I similar- mean, if Joe suits up for us when we're 3-7, and seven, you won't care to root for him. Uh, I'll no. Nah, it'll it'll <laughs> definitely be a situation where it's like I want him to throw for five hundred and four touchdowns in like a excruciating loss, like in a typical Joe Flacco game. Where nah, like, you would want us to win so we could get out of the better pick. That's true. That is true. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. There's also, by the way, the other fifty percent chance is that Flacco's now even on the roster by the bye week. It's a very uh, there's nah, low floor, high ceiling. He will be. Seems incompetent. All right, fam. Let's take a quick break. After the break, we're going to talk some March Madness. Of course, hit you with a little people's parlay and hear from Eagleson. We'll be right back. All right, fam. We are back. Let's kick it off and just say all our brackets are busted. If you joined the rivalry pick'em group or the rivalry bracket contest, my team's still alive. Abe's team didn't even make it to the second weekend, which was Illinois or Ohio State. Second, rather. second day, second or third day. Baylor's still alive. Gonzaga's still alive. Texas, San Diego State, my other Final Four teams, they're toast. But I do believe rivalry is doing a thousand dollar giveaway. So if you check out their group, you can still get into that. It's kind of makes up for all our brackets being busted. And if you claim your, your brackets doing well, you had too many brackets. There's just no you're a liar. Yeah, no, you're, you're just a liar. One of the one of the regions is like eleven fifteen seven two. Like your brackets not doing well, so stop lying. But right you're now, lying hassle. We're we're gonna hit you with some ranked. So we instead of previewing all the games because. You're going to hear from us on, you know, before the Saturday Sunday games. Then you'll hear a little bit before Monday Tuesday. We're just going to rank the three guys that we are most excited to watch for this weekend. Hopefully, they get to play in a couple games over early next week as well. I'm going to start, and I'm going to hit you because I know it's a pronunciation that I'm going to get correct. It's Max Acemus. There's a B in there. Ah. The B is silent, but the J is not. Max A. Smith Speak. leads the country in scoring, and he's like that C.J. McCollum, Steph Curry, the mini guard at the mid-major who, who just drops buckets. Normally those guys, like, they ball out in round one, and if they get through, it's an awesome story. They're now through two rounds. They have contributions from the whole squad, and they're dangerous. They're a dangerous squad. I, I love watching Oral Roberts right now. So A. Smith, number three for I've me. Got a, I've got a bone to pick with uh, pronunciation. Yeah. The guy on Illinois, Cockburn? Yeah. They're trying to tell me his name isn't Cockburn. Yeah. It's, it's like a, Coburn it's or something. It's egregious. Like that's just that's just something that I think has been like a family just like if they ask, tell them this is how it's pronounced. Like for like decades, like going back multiple generations in the Cockburn lineage, they just like agreed that they would tell people that it was Coburn, but that guy's last name is Cockburn. 100%. And that's just a tough 
that's just a tough hand. That's just a tough hand to be dealt. Um, but that's a good one. It's, it's Acemus. I thought it was Absmus. Or yeah, Abmus. just Acemus. Yeah, it's a cool. I'm not gonna cool. call. I'm not gonna call him that. Um, my number three is Evan Mobley, the big boy out of USC. You know, I just get excited this time of year to to see guys that are good to go at the top of the NBA uh, draft to see what how they play in high leverage situations. It makes me think of one time where I was very, 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 very wrong about a player coming out of college, and that happens a lot. But this time, I was like really wrong. Who was? I think it? I've actually said that. Uh, Bradley Beal. I don't know yeah. if you've heard of him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he went on like a crazy run at UF in the tournament that year where he just was playing out of his mind. And at the time, his stock was never that high. But after the tournament, it like rose all the way up. And then he ended up going fourth overall, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like almost picket fencing. Well, this is like when like I actually like followed the draft like crazy and like would have these conversations. I was almost picket fencing against Bradley Beal about how bad he would be in the NBA <laughs> just because of I don't uh, know if how... picket fencing is, is what you're looking for there. No, I was picket fencing that Bradley Beal shouldn't be a top I, five pick. I don't think picket fencing is the correct No, white picket to... fencing, striking, what, what, what is it what you no, want me to do? It's, it's something different. Unionizing? I, lo- I, I don't love know. The Point is I was yeah. very wrong on Bradley Beal. And uh, so these guys that are going to go at the top of the NBA draft board, it's it's I want to see them perform on the okay. biggest stage. So, right. so Evan Mobley, Mo- number three. Did you know he has a brother on the team? Is it Catino Mobley, it former not, LA Clippers point guard? It is not Catino Mobley, but there is another Mobley. Both of them are ballers. I was actually with uh, our boy, the White Mamba, and he was telling me how he thinks the the older brother is better than Evan Mobley, and he didn't quite understand how you could be projected top three pick, and it appears that your own brother on your same team is better. So I'm curious to dive into that tape. But yeah, right, interesting. My number two, my number two for the same reason. Uh, is Jalen Suggs, and the only reason that I have him ahead of Mobley is because he's on a better team, and I like his style of play better. I think this guy is going to be a stud at the next level. Except the other night or the other game that Gonzaga played, there was like he was on a breakaway, and if you and there was a play where the guy fouled him from behind, it got pretty chippy. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you if you ran back the tape, like the guy barely even touched him, and Jalen Suggs just like fell on himself. Yeah. Um, so, just another guy it's that's going to go at the top play, of the... though. You know? Eh. Grow okay. up. Okay. Eat, eat some shrimp tails with your cereal. Yeah. Um, but just another guy that's on the top team. He should be the guy, like, that wins the Final Four MVP or whatever if Gonzaga gets there. So... I want to see him go off. Yeah, so he's he's like the third best player on their team uh, in terms of like ranking them, but the number one prospect by far. So Timmy and Kispert. Dude, like, it doesn't even make sense. It's like Luca yeah. Garza is going to be the player of the year, and he's not even on dr- some people's draft yeah, boards. Yeah, exactly. So my number two is Jared Butler on Baylor. I am so Abe. I genuinely am so excited for people to go see this guy play. He has not gotten his flowers at all. He's the Baylor. He's the best player on Baylor. They've been the second best team all season long. And this kid is a stud. I'm talking like one of those guys. It reminds me a little bit of Halliburton. It's like his game's quiet, but it's like if he's open from three, that's a bucket. Like it's going in. It's one of those where it's just so consistent. doesn't have bad form or anything like Halliburton. But Jared Butler has, like, a normal name, like, nothing flashy. He's almost like ankle socks gang. I don't know if he wears any accessories like his my player on 2K. He's just, like, a 
chill dude, but he is nasty. So I'm excited for people to come watch him finally this weekend. I think he'll finally get a little bit of the spotlight. And then my number one guy is Jalen Suggs because of his play style. I mean, he is just so fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And I think he's going to – he, another guy that I think people are going to look at a lot of his uh, numbers, advanced numbers, and they're going to say, oh, you know, and then they're going to do the same stuff they did with LaMelo Ball. But the thing I always take away, when you watch Jalen Suggs play the game of basketball, he gets it. And I know that's not a number you can quantify, and I know it's not a stat you can bank on, and I know it's not advanced analytics, but, like, if you watch the game of basketball, you understand the game of basketball. He's a gamer. He He's gets, a gamer. But it's not even a gamer. It's more to do with his game IQ and just, like, the full court outlet passes. He's always in the right spot, always making the right play. And, like, he was a quarterback. So I think he was on Netflix. He was either in, like, QB1 or one of those shows that they do. So that's why everyone kind of loves him. But it just gives me a lot of trust that the point guard of my team would also be the quarterback of my team. And so I'm excited to watch Jalen Suggs play this weekend against high-level competition because they've kind of been coasting and they've been beating up on some teams. So I want to see them get uh, tested a little and then see him shine. Okay, don't hate that. And uh, for my number one, I'm going to change it up. At first it was going to be Max Acemas, Absmas, Cockburn, whatever you want to call him, (laughs) for the same reason that Jack gave for number three. It's just the feel-good Hooper, the Steph Curry, the CJ McCollum, yada, yada. Yeah. but I'm going to switch it up, and people might not like this, but I'm going to go with Buddy Bayheim. Buddy Bayheim, and similar, similar, similar to Jared Butler, it's just like this tournament, when he gets the ball, you just think the shot's going in. It's kind of that vibe. He's kind of put a whole – he's raining on the parade that is the people that say coach's son sucks, right? Right. right. It's like everyone says, oh, he's only on the team because he's the coach's son. Well, now that guy's dropping 30 on you as an 11 or 12 seed, so you don't really have a leg to stand on in that regard. And usually, this is pretty off-brand for me. In a way. I was about it's kind to of say. Like, it's very say. off-brand for me to, to be rooting um, for the coach's son kid that's just going out there and hooping. I don't know. I, I'm kind of enjoying it this year, and, and that could change next year and probably will. It's very off-brand for me, but I just want to keep seeing Buddy Beheim get 30. Now, I don't want Syracuse to really do anything just because I have some friends that are from Syracuse and are annoying and stuff like that, um, but I think it's been fun watching Buddy Beheim. Yeah, he's. it is one of those things, and then, of course, I don't know. His dad said after the game, he was like, Buddy's the hardest working player I've ever had by a long stretch, and I know it's his dad, but he, I don't think he would just say that, you know? Like you know, that. it's funny. You know what, Jack? It's funny. Because today in a group me, somebody sent, in a group that we're in, a tweet from Daryl Morey that said Tobias is, like, the one of the most consistent or, like, mature, reliable players in the NBA. And someone wrote... I wonder who this is. It's definitely not biased at all, and I think you liked it, emphasized it, or yeah, something. I would just you like know the difference. I would just like a little bit more consistency you know between GM, GM, and player and father son. I think there's a closer relationship in Syracuse than there is in Philadelphia. Out of control, out of control from you. My bookies I'm just people saying, a little consistency. Let's win the people some money. The last time we took a shot at this thing, we'll just call it a win. Seventy five percent if you took them straight. <laughs> Uh, you know where to bet, mybookie.ig backslash snapback sports. You can place this with us. First pick, Abraham. We're betting just the Saturday basketball games. Those are the ones we got the lines all up for. And the first game, we are in 
uh, agreement here. We're pretty much in agreement on the whole thing, actually, which has trended positive for us. I feel like when we disagree and we're not working together through it, it's where we go sour. Listen, I love, I love this bet, but it, it just feels like we're betting on all the teams that everyone's betting on, which is kind of scary. And normally we hate that. We don't like to go with the tie, but you have seen the books be smart. They let the, they let the good guys win on the first day, and then they give them confidence for day three day two three and four and that's where they make their money so i feel confident first game sister jean loyola chicago minus 6.5 let's go ramblers yeah i just i i owe sister jean an apology so i'm going to give it to her with this bet so loyola chicago chicago 6.5 favorites against the beavers of oregon state the second game the villanova wildcats of philadelphia versus baylor think we're riding with Baylor on this one even though like it's just like wildly impressive how what Jay Wright can do in the tournament with a team like he loses he loses his best player and he literally cruises to the sweet 16 um but I think they're running into a little bit of a bigger beast here yeah it's the same reason I took Baylor last round Baylor people forget before pre-covid Baylor beat every single team they played by double digits so I see a single digit spread and I see a team that overperformed through the first two rounds, like you said, without their best player, and I only have to lay seven points. It's going to be one of my bets of the day. It might be my lock of the weekend, if we're being honest. Wow. Uh, sick them, but everyone knows how much I love the Baylor Bears. Game number three, we're rolling with O-R-U and Maxi Boy, Max Smith. This team, 11.5 points against a non-dominant team. I... It's confusing to me. At this point, at this point in the tournament, nobody should be an eleven and a half point favorite unless it's a Cinderella against a team like Gonzaga or Baylor. Exactly. And Arkansas, Arkansas is not that team. And one of the things I love is having a player like Ace Miss down fifteen with three to go, and it's just it's go time, and you want him kind right. of being the guy there versus maybe a team basketball type of thing. I mean, look, these teams have been scoring. I, I believe they play Arkansas. Is that correct? Yep. Okay, and Arkansas can shoot it. They're playing awesome, but I don't know. I agree. It's a lot of points. With that being said, if you saw these two, actually, these two teams played in Fayetteville earlier this season, and it was a very tight game, not really in contention, but they covered the number in Arkansas, and now the spread's 11.5. I'm actually, the more I talk about this, I hate it so much because it looks like such an easy pick, Um, but we're rolling with ORU. All right, and last but not least, we're rolling with my number one guy, Coach's son, Buddy Bayheim, plus six. Nope, we're taking the money line. Ooh. Taking the money line on Syracuse because that's just what they do. They weird, win these weird tournament games, um, and then they somehow always end up in like the Elite Eight or the Final Four, it feels like, every like other year or the last like 10 to 12 years. So I think they get it done here. But, Jack, I want to raise a, a question. Okay. Can I open you to the idea of switching one of the picks? Uh, just because I think, listen, just because I think that this is a heavily, heavily um, public Joe type bet. Like mm-hmm. we're betting on the teams that everyone loves and we're betting on the good teams. Okay. Can I propose instead of Baylor minus seven, we do under 141 and a half. I think that Jay Wright's going to have his guys ready to play. In the first weekend, the under was going crazy. I think 141 points is a decent amount of points too. I'm open to conversation. It's just a thought. 
listen, I'm open to conversation with you. I, I mean, I just talked to you through Baylor My 7 is my lock of the weekend. So that's not That's one. why I kind of want to switch. <laughs> my bet of the days have been hot. Don't hate. Um, I, would be, I would be intrigued in potential alternate offerings on the Loyola game or the Oral Roberts game. I feel like the Loyola game, the Sister Jean can still win. That team's great. Six and a half is a decent amount of points to give up in this round. I could play an over-under there. It is the first game of the weekend. That you know what, Jack? Under you know me. what? No. You know what? No. Okay. We're going to stick with our initial gut. Okay. We're going right. to stick with our initial gut. Right. I just Here thought I would go. ask. Thought I would ask. No, no. Fair point. Uh, my boogies, people's parlay. Loyola minus six and a half. Baylor minus seven. ORU plus 11 and a half. Cuse Moneyline bet 33 wins 652 at mybookie.ig backslash snapback sports. It's a juicy one, and Bang. I love it. it. It's banging. Eagleson, get your butt in here. Let's talk some puck. Eh? What's up? Where is he? Where is, is that him? That's me. That is. Eagle. We're battling, fam, we're battling some technical difficulties today, major. Yeah, major tech difficulties on Jack's end for once, which is unfortunate. But we got Eagleson in for here once. now. Um, yeah, for once, exactly. Uh, we'll just cut straight to the chase. We haven't heard much hockey from the Eagle man. First of all, before we do do what the puck, is there an all-star break for, for the hockey guys, Eagleson? Uh, yeah, usually there is an all-star break, and that would usually like coincide with the Olympics. But that obviously is not happening. So it's just, it'll be gotcha. a normal uh, all-star break. I'm not sure what the date is exactly, but it's probably coming up soon, actually. Okay. All right. Well, uh, because of tech difficulties, I think we'll do another What the Puck sign-off, where we just cut Eagleson after a minute, <laughs> and then uh, you guys won't hear from us till Monday. So, Abe, if you want to start the timer, uh, actually, I'll start it with you, just so we're on the same page. Uh, let me know when you How's this going to work? How, yeah. what, how, how, like, I'm just going to be able to cut it in post. Because I don't, gonna, I don't, I don't yeah. see you. No, I'm going to be able to cut it in post-production. So I'm just going to hit the timer. When a minute goes, uh, I'll, just, I'll just pretty much end up cutting it. Um, we'll still be able to hear him, but it won't make it all the way. So, fam, have an incredible weekend. Hope everyone enjoys some more March Madness. Take and a bowl of cinnamon life. toast crunch. Eat a bowl of CTC. And here's one minute from Eagleson. Here we go. In three, two, one. All right. So I haven't actually taken a what the puck to give an update on what the league looks like in a while. So that's what I'm going to do here. We'll start with the North Division. My Leafs have been free falling. They're now tied with Edmonton for the division lead with Winnipeg just one game behind. In the East, Islanders just leapfrog Jack's Capitals and Abe's Flyers, kind of like the Leafs, have had a bit of a free fall. They're getting close to 500 right now. In the Central Division, Tampa is making it clear they're still the best team in hockey. They really are a powerhouse. Um, They've got a decent lead over the Hurricanes and the Panthers, who've had a surprisingly good season. I mean, Huberto and Barkov have been two of the most underrated players in the league for a while, but with the entire team having a bit more success now, I think people are finally seeing it. Um, finally in the West, it's a battle between Colorado and Vegas. Um, Vegas is currently up two games for the lead in the division, but I wouldn't be surprised if Colorado comes out on top by the end of the season. Also, I know we've talked about poverty franchises on this podcast before, and since you guys aren't really hockey fans, you obviously wouldn't have included this one, but man, the Buffalo Sabres might actually be the worst out of all of them.